Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to to Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We've been doing a series on co-parenting, and the first episode we did was kind of that early phase, just setting up co-parenting for success. And the last episode we did was maintaining a healthy co-parenting relationship. And in this episode, what we're going to talk about is addressing toxic and combative co-parenting. And so if you haven't already listened to the first two episodes, go back and listen to those and then meet us back here as we jump into today's episode. Hey, everyone. We just want to take a little bit of time and to celebrate with you. I know that you guys have heard us talking about that at our year anniversary, we wanted to hit 50,000 downloads. We didn't quite make the deadline, but instead of making the deadline when we wanted to, we were able to accomplish our goal in quite a spectacular fashion. So this last Thursday, we released one of our episodes, which was how to maintain healthy co-parenting relationships. And that episode just absolutely took off. It doubled our normal downloads on release day, going from our highest ever download being somewhere in the 500s to this one episode being over a thousand downloads. And that one episode helped us to cross the 50,000 downloads mark. And I think another fun way to look at it, too, is that in one day was 150th of all the downloads we had over this last year. And so it's very exciting news. Thank you for all those people who were helping us out there, who were sharing our podcast with friends and families or in groups. We really appreciate all your effort. And we were definitely able to see this just absolutely massive bump that we had this last Thursday. So let's jump into today's episode. Co-parenting is already a difficult situation to be in. There's a lot of emotions that can arise from whatever situation you came out of, whether it was a divorce or some other situation set up. And so it can be draining anyway. If you have an ideal co-parenting situation, even that can be exhausting. And you have a lot of things that you have to figure out and you have to make sure that you're communicating with the other parent. But when you're dealing with a combative co-parent, that is just mentally and emotionally draining and physically draining as well. So we're going to talk today about how do you navigate these challenges that happen in this kind of dynamic. So the first tip is to stay calm and objective. When the other parent is aggressive or negative, make sure that you are managing your own emotions and that you really are able to stay calm. Because what happens is we kind of get sucked into these emotional confrontations and 
like Tim said in the last episodes, part of not being with that other person is that you don't have to figure out or come to a conclusion about your stuff anymore as a couple. Unless it relates to the child and it affects the child, then the things that happened between you, although it's human nature to want to confront it and bring up the past, you're not in a relationship with them anymore as far as romantically. You're in a relationship with them for your child now. And so be very careful about getting sucked into these kind of emotional confrontations that lead nowhere except for hurt for your child. I think an important thing to ask yourself is when you've gotten into an emotional confrontation with somebody and you're arguing a point or trying to convince them of something is to stop and think, how often have you done that? And somebody went, oh, you know what? You're right. I've changed my mind. And the answer is probably almost never, especially when you're engaging with the other parent. You got to stop and think, what is the probability they're going to stop and reconsider what they're thinking, especially if they're in this more combative and now toxic zone, there's very little probability. And so once that conversation starts to get combative like that, there's no real point in continuing that conversation because all that's likely to happen in those moments, it's likely to get more and more heated and then just descend into chaos. And so once it starts going that way, you got to try to exit that conversation as quickly as you can. Don't try to make your point. Don't try to get any last zingers. Just say something like, hey, this conversation doesn't seem productive anymore. I'm going to hop off the phone or I'm going to walk away or I'm going to stop responding to messages for a bit. Something along those lines. And that way it can make it easier for you to stay calm. And then also you're not encouraging them to stay upset or aggravated either. And this really does take intention. Going into a situation, especially if you know that you are already dealing with a combative co-parent. Going into that situation with the intention of staying calm and staying objective and not getting pulled in. And part of this is using the broken record where you can maybe bring up whatever point or whatever you're trying to communicate to them. And if they aren't responding or they're saying, well, you did that too, then you just go back to that broken record and say, all I'm saying is the next time, can you please be respectful of, and then you state your request. And then they go back and they blame again and they say, you did that last time and you said this and, and then this happened and you think you're so high and mighty. Don't get sucked in. Just repeat that same broken record. And you can say, I hear you, but all I'm saying is, and then you repeat your request. And like Tim said, after it gets too combative, you definitely want to be able to walk away or set boundaries. But really going into each situation prepared in how you're going to stay calm if a battle does arise. And I think just what you're saying there, Ruth, is really important. You have to have that and that strategy and that plan ahead of time makes you feel more calm. Then it makes it easier for you to implement what you had set out to do in the first place. So the next thing is to set clear boundaries. Now, these are going to be a little bit different ways of setting boundaries than in the last one. In this type of scenario, we've kind of already driven off the cliff. And so in the other one, we're trying to have boundaries so that we can keep maintaining a healthy relationship. But these boundaries are going to be a little bit more strict, a little bit more rigid, and they're not necessarily conducive towards a healthy dynamic. But this is more of, hey, we're now in this toxic and combative type atmosphere. And so now we're setting up boundaries for protection, not just healthy interactions. And so when we're setting up these boundaries, basically what we're doing is we're identifying things that haven't worked before. And now we're going to stop doing those things in situations that have devolved into this toxic combative atmosphere. 
basically this happens very frequently is that now we are fighting and disagreeing almost all the time about things we had passed agreed upon that we would do. Schedules are changing. People are misrepresenting or lying about what has happened. So now at this point, a good example of a healthy boundary is, hey, we are not going to do any more verbal communication. This is all going to be written. Either we're emailing it or we're doing text messages with it. And then even sometimes people have to set up boundaries further than that. And there are texting programs that you can purchase that the courthouses have direct access to. Hey, I will not communicate with you in any other way except through this app. And the court has access to that. And that's an example of something that helps to kind of settle down people's language and what they say. And then also helps keep people honest where, okay, we said this. We also know that the court now has access to these text messages and can see what we've said to each other back and forth. And so in a situation that's toxic and combative, that can settle it down because if the person knows, oh, the court's going to have direct access to that, much less likely to be abusive with their language. Well, for sure. And that goes into our next tip, which is to utilize technology. When things are combative, you definitely want to use methods of communication that are clear and specific. And so there are co-parenting apps out there that you can look up. And for some of them, you can upload your joint schedule. You can look at your custody schedule. You can look at different events that they have, like dance or soccer. You can even track your shared expenses. You can message. You can share information about the child just overall, like what shirt size do they wear? What's their shoe size? You know, so you have it all in that app. And sometimes that really does eliminate that emotional stress between having to text, hey, what time is dance? when it's all clearly just written out there on that app or on that calendar. And so it helps you to keep these interactions kind of business-like and you can upload documents to those apps. So that way everything is just right there. And so utilize that technology as much as possible, which then leads into our next tip, which is to document everything. If the relationship is hostile, you want to keep records of all communication and interactions. This could be really useful if legal interventions need to be used in the future. And this isn't a record of wrongs that you're trying to keep to show the world how bad this person is, but it really is records that you're keeping and documentation that you're keeping that can be used to keep your child safe or to have your child's best interests in mind. I've even suggested to a client that maybe they want to purchase a body cam and anytime they're interacting with the other parent, that they just have that on their person the entire time. And again, the other person might not like this very much. And this is why this is something you would suggest or have somebody do in these toxic situations. But at the end of the day, you want to now protect yourself against them claiming something. And it may seem silly or ridiculous to have to do this. But again, now we're already off the cliff and now anything's possible. We're in this very unhealthy situation. And so now it's about making sure that you can prove what you say happened actually happened or you can prove, hey, they said this happened, but here I have a video. This absolutely didn't happen. And these situations get very murky, very gray, very fast. It boils down to a lot of times this he said, she said type of thing. And if your ex is kind of off the rails and they're acting in very unhealthy, chaotic ways, if you just go to the court and say that, well, people make claims all the time, you really need to be able to show them something. So if you feel like, oh man, there really is this very unhealthy, bad dynamic that's happening here that that's dangerous or damaging to the children, documenting this stuff where you actually have evidence and proof of that is something that then you can use to then go to court and to make an argument about that. 
But as much as this may seem like a frustrating thing, yeah, documenting everything, recording everything. You may even want to have a journal log where you say, oh, text message I got on so-and-so date, just so that you can go back and find it later if you need, if it's an unhealthy or toxic thing. Because once it gets to this point, and as much under normal circumstances, we try to teach people, hey, don't catastrophize, don't let your mind go to crazy places. But a lot of times, really crazy and unprecedented things happen. And so in contrast to how we normally kind of advise clients to make sure that they're managing their worries and things like that, if you're in this type of situation, you want to be more overly cautious about these things and be extra careful. The next one is to seek support. And in these situations, because they can be so emotionally chaotic and frustrating, that getting support, especially from a therapist or somebody who has a very even hand, can help to bring you down to earth when you kind of feel like you're spiraling out of control. Or even support groups to just know, okay, gosh, I'm not the only person who's going through that. And it can feel very validating to hear other people's stories or what other people who are struggling with the same thing. Oh, I did this and this was really helpful. And even though maybe even getting the support, you can't necessarily change anything with that support, it can still make you feel much better about the situation. Okay, I now feel better. This is what I can do. This is what I just have to give up on. Okay, now I need to implement these boundaries. And that support system can really help you to make sure that you're sticking to your own plan, because when you stick to that plan, you're more likely to get better results out of it. The next tip is to avoid venting to your child. And this kind of is that tip of staying neutral that we've had in both the other episodes. But it really is important, especially when the relationship is contentious, because that child even more so feels in the middle, even if you aren't purposely placing them in the middle or using them as a messenger or a way to get information, they are in the middle. And so you have to remember that your child They love both of you, and both of you are really important to them. And so you want to avoid using them as your confidant. And remember, there's already so many changes for them. And so as much as you can lighten their load, that will be better for them. And for so many children, they feel like they have to pick sides. And so like Tim said earlier, that if you put them in the middle and you start asking them questions and they say something... And then you get mad and you confront the other parent. Now the other parent gets mad at your child and he gets in trouble. Say the other parent never confronts your child. But now that parent feels like I can't even trust him. And now that parent feels like you're sending your child to spy on them. So as difficult as it is for you, it really is important for you to not badmouth the other person, not vent to your child. And like I said before, not even vent kind of just in general. Maybe you're not talking to the child about the other person, but when maybe you get a text from them and it's something not favorable and you just kind of start venting in the air and you just start talking about the other person, even though you're not talking to your child, your child hears that. You know, sometimes it causes them to feel like, oh, I have to go and protect my other parent. Or sometimes it feels like I have to go and appease you and make you feel better. And so they really are in the middle, regardless if you think you're putting them there or not. So as much as you can lighten that load and that burden for them, that's what you want to do. The next thing is parallel parenting. And so this is abandoning the idea of co-parenting altogether, where you just say, hey, this isn't working. So you do you, I do me. And you basically cut off any additional contact. So 
in the last one, we talked about, hey, do nice things where you can maybe send them information about how the kids are doing or send them videos or photos of things that they've done in the house or around. And parallel parenting is basically now it is minimal contact. We are literally only going to talk about business stuff. So like drop off pickups, if a change needs to happen in the schedule, requesting that kind of thing. But now we are dramatically reducing the amount of contact, the amount of information we have. If we're at this point where things are this bad, we should not be making any kind of commenting on any of the things that they're doing in their house or any of the things that you hear about over there anymore, because the more you do that, the more likely you're inviting conflict. And if they are doing something in your view that's unhealthy over there, they're more likely to stick to it just out of spite for you. And so even though you're trying to do something to change an unhealthy dynamic, knowing that you literally have no power in that situation, and as a matter of fact, the more you try to influence it in that way, the more you're going to make the thing happen that you don't want to happen. And so being extra careful and not asking any additional information, not giving them any additional information. We are now parallel parenting. All we are coordinating on is drop-offs, any kind of schedule changes that need to happen, or necessary information that the other parent might need to hear about, like medical information, those kinds of things. Now we're not trying to be nice to each other. We're not trying to be mean, but now we're closing up those avenues because those avenues have been bringing more and more conflict. So now we're making it as minimalistic as possible to try and maintain the peace as best we can. The next tip is to limit third-party involvement. This just means avoid involving other people, other family members, new partners, because it can really escalate tensions. And I think what happens a lot is we triangulate people in. We talk to someone else and we involve someone else in our issues. And now it's no longer between just you and the co-parent, but you've talked to his parents and you are telling his parents how wrong certain things are. And especially when tensions are high and it's a combative co-parenting situation, you really want to make sure that you are limiting your communication with just that person. And, you know, sometimes there's different situations where the exchanges and the drop-offs, it's written in there that you're doing drop-offs with either party, so the co-parent or their spouse. But even in those cases, you want to make sure that you are limiting communication to just what is essential. But you really do want to stay away from the gossip and you want to stay away from all the extra people that are involved that don't need to be. And especially if we're in this combative atmosphere, just this understanding like, okay, any additional people coming into this is going to be adding in additional opinions, additional emotions, and making it even more complex. And so sometimes you may want to be like, oh man, if my partner handles this, then that will make it easier. Or maybe if I talk to their partner, that'd make this easier. But then you're adding an additional opportunity for miscommunication, which can increase combativeness. And then on top of that, if your partner is getting involved as well, a lot of times because of the tension between you and your ex or you and the other parent, that can cause then conflict between now you and your new relationship. And this is something I've seen happen very frequently when these co-parenting situations are in this difficult phase is that this couple is fighting over their frustration of what's happening with the other parent. And so in situations where they don't need to be involved, you actually can protect yourself from additional chaos and discomfort with your new partner by not involving them too much in this toxic, unhealthy environment that's going on between you and the other parent. And then the last thing you can do if all else is failing is you can take legal action. And if you did some of the previous steps we talked about, such as documenting, having firm boundaries, these kinds of things, avoiding these conflicts type situations, 
all these things are helping you that if you have to take legal action, now that you are actually taking that legal action, that now you have the best setup for you to be able to get a better outcome. So if there is this just unhealthy, very toxic environment, or the kids are in this unhealthy situation, now you can get legal helps and legal remedies to help you solve that issue. And so then your legal counsel can help you revisit the custody arrangement in that if the other parent is being really unhealthy, then the court can take action in order to make sure that the custody arrangement is meeting the child's needs. So to recap today's episode, if you find yourself in this very difficult, unhealthy, toxic parenting arrangement, you want to make sure that you set up really healthy boundaries, you start giving minimal information, you document or record as much as you can in order for your own protection, and then if all else fails and nothing seems to be working, you can seek legal remedies in order to try to make the situation better. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.